We have a little video. It's going to start here in a second. Can you guess what we're going to talk about for a while? We're going to talk a little bit about love. But I, I, first of all, I want to welcome everybody here again, and thank you for having me. And, and I am absolutely, positively looking forward to be able to hang out with you um, and be a part. You guys are going to see me when you guys have different activities going on. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to get involved in that. I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to be there for you and... and uh, as Mark said, in, my, um, in the bulletins is, is my uh, personal cell phone number. Uh, feel free to call me if you need to talk. Now, I have to warn you, with my job, I travel a little bit with my job, and I'm an instructor. And so if I'm instructing a class and you call, I'm probably not going to pick right up. But if you leave me a message, I promise you I will call you back, okay? So if I don't pick up and don't think that, oh, wow, he is really not accessible, it's just I can't stop class, to, to be able to talk, but I will be more than happy to, uh, uh, I will call you back at a break. Um, if you, if it's something you need right away, please put it in there. Tell me in my message real fast and say, hey, I really need you to call me, and I will, I will, if I have to, I will put my class on break, and I will call you. So I want you to know I'm serious about it. And um, the next few weeks is what I want to talk about, is I want to talk about the purpose of the church. Because one of the things that I see that happens, and I'm not saying necessarily just here, I'm talking about the church as general, is I see a lot, of, um, a lot of maintaining in churches. I see a lot of, 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 of not necessarily pushing forward for the cause of Christ. I think that sometimes in our Christian walks we get very comfortable. And so I want to look at some scripture and I want to look at love because I think that sometimes we miss a little love in our lives. I think we miss a little love um, to, our, to our fellow Christians, and I do believe we miss a little love to God our Father. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. And um, today we're going to talk about the greatest commandment, is what we're going to end up talking about. And, and I want to give you a little bit of a setup here. And so could you believe that Jesus had a little bit of a following? When people said that, hey, this Jesus is coming, this Jesus of Nazareth is coming to town, people, people had heard, and they're like, well, we want to see and, and the religious elite, your Pharisees and your Sadducees, weren't really thrilled about this. Later on, we can read where they say that we're afraid that the whole world is going to turn to this man. And my prayer is that the whole world does turn to this man. So the, the, the law that was set up, now we're not under the law, we're under grace, but the law was set up as, as, as all kinds of different laws for every part of your life. Give you an idea... 616 laws 
from the first four books of the Bible, the books of Moses. So you can imagine that kind of become a little bit of a problem. And what we found out is, is that they ended up having these laws ended up becoming higher than what even God was. It became about not what, what, what was going on and what God was doing. It was becoming to what we obey in, in our laws. And so I want to really kind of look at that and, and, and see what, what Christ says. And so there were, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to constantly catch Christ in something where he breaks the law. By the way, Christ did not break the law. He fulfilled it. So he tries to break the law so they think they can go and get rid of him. And so the Pharisees in this setting, if you go in your Bible into Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 22, we're going to look at that a little bit, but I'd like to, to go ahead and, and, and start us out in a prayer real fast, and then we're going to get with the word. Heavenly Father, first of all, thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, I ask you to uh, pour out your Holy Spirit on this place, and Lord, I pray that you would just... Uh, Lord, I pray that you would just lead us, guide us, open our hearts to your word. Um, as we read your scripture, let us apply it to our lives that we might worship and love you, Lord. I ask you these things in your precious son's name. Amen. So we're going to be in Matthew 22, and, and, and you maybe have heard it's called the greatest commandment. And, and what happened here, there was a series of three questions that they asked um, Christ trying to catch him where he was, but because of the wisdom Christ had in being, you know, the Son of God, being God incarnate and human, they weren't able to, of course, kind of stump him. Well, the last question they asked him is, well, we'll just read in Scripture. And, and in verse 34, chapter 22, verse 34, I want to start right there. And it says, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus has silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves, excuse me, gathered themselves together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked the question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And he said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law of the prophets. And so when I, when I read this, the first thing I see is, is I see the purpose for First Baptist Church, Crothersville. I see the purpose for God's people into this. And so what I want to do is I want to, I'm going to spend the next couple weeks talking about this part of the love and so we're going to focus today, we're going to focus on our love of God. What is it to love God like this? To love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And Luke, it adds on to it and says all your strength as well. So the first point we're going to look at is to love the God with all your heart. Have you thought about that before? How do you love God with all your heart? As, as I'm preparing for this message, uh, I have to actually apply this to me first before I can, you know, give it to you. And I have to search my life and say, God, am I really giving you all my heart? Am I really giving you all my soul? Am I loving you with all my strength? 
on there. So the first thing we need to do to love God with all of our heart, he has to have our heart first. We have to be in Christ. We have to have this, this, this moment in our life where we say, yes, God. We have to say, yes, I am going to follow you. Yes, I am going to give you my heart. In the Old Testament, in Ezekiel, I won't have you turn there, but in Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27, it says, Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. He takes that stony heart out of you, and he takes that, 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 that unbelieving heart, that heart of stone, and he, and he goes and he takes it away from you and gives you a heart, a soft heart, a heart of flesh. For me to love God with all my heart, at first I have to do is he has to do that change in me. He's got to give me that spirit on me. He's got to enable me to be able to love him the way that I need to love him. I can't do that without trusting Christ as my Savior. If not, when I read the Bible, I read the Bible and it opens up to me. And I read the Bible and it speaks to me. When I'm, when I'm in tough times, I read my Bible, God comforts me. The God... My God uses my Bible and my studying to help me comfort other people. But it's because of that heart that he's changed in me. To know God is to know love. You say, but, but Brother Jeff, I, I, you know, I don't know if I can love people like that. I don't know if I can love God like that. But I'm sorry to tell you that, that maybe God is not part of your life. In 1 John 4, 8, it says, The one who does not love does not know God. For God's love. If you don't have love in your life, then the scripture, not me, the scripture says that you don't have God in your life. To love God. To know love, you have to have God in your life. For God is love. Well, how much love is God? Well, he loves me so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for my sins. I have four children. And I often think, as like, if I was in the same situation, can I, could I do that? Could I, could I allow one of my sons to die for you? If you're a parent... That's tough. But God loved me so much that he did that for me. For me to love God with all my heart. I've got to surrender to him. It can't be what Jeff, what Jeff wants first. It can't be what you want first. It has to be what does God want in this situation. When we look at our motives and we look where we're going, is it because God has called us to do this? Is God leading us down this road or is this where I want to go? To surrender to God means that, listen, God, I'm yours. Take me. Use me for what it is you'd have me to do. And, and I'm going to warn you when you do that. 
it might be uncomfortable. See, how things work is like this. The devil will take you down a road that you never want to go, but you're going to go freely. And when you get all the way down to that very end of that road, and you get through all this thing, you're going to be in this spot, and you're going to like, I did not ever know how I was going to end up over here. And you're miserable. But with Christ, unfortunately, we go with Christ, we go kicking and screaming, and we're like, God, this isn't what you want me to do, and we're getting dragged all the way over, and then we get over here, and we're in God's perfect will, and we look, and we look around, and we think, man, I am so glad I'm here. I'm exactly where God wanted me to go. Isn't that little kind of wrong? But unfortunately, that's how it is. Even though I'm in Christ, I have this thing called flesh, and it constantly gets in my way. But when I love God with all my heart, when I, when I surrender to his will, then, then I'm starting to become less. I think, I think of John the Baptist, when, when he had a pretty good following it too. And then Christ starts coming up, and everybody comes up to him and says, John, what about this Christ? You know, he's taking away your crowds. What do you think? And, and he has the greatest answer. He says, I, might, I have to become less. So he becomes more. That's what we need to be. We have to become less so we can make much of God. We can make much of Jesus. That's what we need to do. To love God with all of our heart. But it doesn't end there, does it? So he goes on. He says, he didn't just say, Jesus didn't just say, hey, I want you to love God with all your heart. He says, I want you to love God with all your heart and all your soul. How do I love? But Jeff, loving God with all my heart and all my soul, isn't that the same thing? If it was the same thing, why would Christ say both of them? So when I think about loving God with all my soul, the first thing I think is godly choices. When you look at your choices, do you weigh them out before you make them? We should. The thought I use is this. Does this choice honor God? It's got to be deeper than that, right? No. Does your choice honor God? So as we go forward as a church, as we go forward as a follower of Christ, are our choices glorifying God? Are we making much of Jesus? Because to love him with all my soul means that, that again, I have to remove myself out of this. I've got to put God first, and I've got to follow him, and I've got to say, is my choice, am I doing this because of my self-gratification, because I think that this is what I need to do? Are we doing this because I think this is what our church needs to do? Or are we doing this because this is going to glorify God? Am I removing myself out of it? We're talking about the purpose of the church, to love God with all of our heart and love God with all of our soul. This is the greatest commandment.
I'm going to get tougher. You ready? To be obedient to his word. When we read our Bibles, it's not just a bunch of stories that are made up. It is God's word. If I was to tell you that, that if you trust Christ as your Savior, you get to go heaven, and, and you guys would be like, that's great. But God knows that's not good enough for us. We want it written down, right? If you bought a house and you start paying all this money to the bank, at the end you want a deed, right? It says that I own this. Well, that's what our Bible is. Our Bible says if you do this, this. It also says if we follow him and we do these things, we're going to grow closer. We're going to grow in our walk. A call to follow Jesus is a call to learn. It's a call to disciple. It's a call to mentor. Why do we come to church? Is it just so you can hear someone like me get up and preach God's word? Or is it also a place that we can lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ? Strengthen you up so that you can go back out in the world and do battle again. We have to be obedient to his word. Go into all the world. Preacher. Is that what it said? No, it says go if you want to go King James, go ye. That's you guys. Into all the world. That's all of us. I'm going to be challenging you as this time goes on that church does not happen here. Church happens out there. You're going to hear me stop at the end of our sermons and or when I get done preaching and, and at the very end I'm going to say, go be the church I can't meet everybody in town but you guys have people all around you we have to be obedient to his word we have to be obedient and we're following him and we're making disciples of everybody by the way everybody in this room should either be a Paul or a Timothy because Paul taught Timothy right I am a Paul to some people but I'm also a Timothy to other people. I have not learned it all, believe it or not. I keep on reading, keep on reading. God keeps on showing me new things. I am not there. I have not arrived. By the way, when I shave myself in the mirror in the morning, unfortunately, I keep on seeing myself in there. But one day, I hope to see Jesus Christ in my mirror. Because that's what my goal is, to become more like Jesus and less, less like Jeff Matthews. Because I know Jeff Matthews, and he's messed up. But I know my Savior, and he is perfect. That's where my desire is. But I have to be able to love God with all my heart and with all my soul, and I have to be obedient to the Scriptures. I have to forget myself and put him first. That's what we need to do. The Bible is more than a book that sits on a shelf. Bible. Basic instruction before leaving earth. Got all. Every aspect of our life, it covers. Get mad at something and read your Bible and see what happens. 
Been there. Didn't get the answer I wanted. Changed my heart. Changed my heart. Changed my soul. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your soul. I have to pursue a life of humility. I have to be humble. Does anybody struggle with being humble? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll raise it for you. I struggle with being humble. If you want to know how great of a guy I am, just ask me. Right? But being humble, when I think about being humble, it's about putting others first. That's what God wants me to do. God wants me to step out of myself and step into him and say, listen, what would you do? What would God do in this situation? Be humble. Become less so my, my Jesus can become more. When I, when I read that about John and, and I think, wow, he got it. He got it. He gave up the crowds. He gave, he gave up the people that were flocking to him. And he didn't do that. He pointed them to Jesus and said, this is the one you need to follow. And we see where his disciples started following Jesus. You've got to be humble. Also humble in our speech. I struggle with that. Do you... Am I the only one here that has a problem that their mouth engages before their mind does? I struggle with it and everything. Later on down the road, I think, whew, probably shouldn't have said that. We've got to be humble in our attitude, humble in our walk, humble in our speech. And then we need to love God with all of our mind. Love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. How do we do this? I've got a lot of stuff in my mind. Good things. Not so good things. I fight that. In Romans 12, 2, it says... and. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. I've got to set my mind on God. Paul, used to, Paul said, I have to die daily. And he's not talking about going and drinking some little poison cocktail and falling over and going, hey, I got raised again. He's talking about dying to himself, dying to his wants, his desires, his insert. And saying, listen, my life has to be about God. My question is, is, is when you're at your workplace or you're at, at the grocery store or wherever it is that you are in life through the day, when someone sees you, do they see someone that's in Christ or do they see you? Your regular nature. 
but Jeff, I'm in Christ. I don't know why you're talking to me like... By the way, I have that same nature. I heard a story one time, and I, I'm sure it's not necessarily true, and it was about a, about a preacher, and he led this Indian chief to the Lord, and, and that Indian chief, and he discipled him, and then he went away, and he came back a few years later, and he seen the same chief, and he says, Brother, how are you doing in your walk? He says, I feel like I have a battle raging inside of me. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I feel like I have a, a white dog and a red dog, and they're inside me, and they're constantly fighting. He said, well, who's winning? He says, the one I feed the most. If you're struggling in life, who are you feeding? Are you feeding your flesh, or are you feeding of God? That's who's going to win. I have to die to myself. I have to constantly renew my mind through the scriptures and following Jesus Christ. I have to reevaluate my motives. We get very political. And I'm not talking politics as far as government. I'm talking about politics in our churches. We get set on, on one side of the fence, or we get set on another fence. Sometimes we're very pharisaical in our, in, our, in our views, and we look at it and says, but we don't do that because we've always done it this way. My question is, is that Scripture? Is there a spot in Scripture that says, First Baptist Church, Crothersville, do it this way? Is it because of tradition? That's what the Pharisees were hung up with when I talked about that 616 laws. That's where they were stuck. Jesus constantly hammered them on that one. Which one of you would have a sheep fall down in a hole? We're talking about working on the Sabbath. Would not reach down and grab it out. Well, under the law, you worked. Jesus is like, no, you missed the whole point. Is it wrong to do good? Is it ever wrong to do right? Is it ever wrong to tell people about Jesus? Well, you're not supposed to do it because this is a government building. They need it more. They do. We used to say, does this honor God in our actions? And when we've, we've listened to the world and the world saying, no, don't do that. You guys believe whatever you want to believe, just keep it in your box. We should keep it in our box. Our box is the world. So if it goes outside of this world, okay. We have what they need. If we're loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, then we're doing these things. We're putting God first. We are dying to ourselves constantly. We're repenting. We're repenting of our actions. We're repenting of ourselves. And we're saying, no. No. It's Jesus. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, then, then he says, I'm going to send you a comforter. I just read about, in, all the way in Ezekiel, in the oldest, Old Testament, he says, I'm going to send you my spirit. 
He sent us the Holy Spirit that, that lives within me. If you trust that Christ is your Savior, by the way, you're not yours anyways. You were bought with the price, which is Christ on the cross. You're his. You're his. We got to die to ourselves and be his and do his work. He paid, a, he paid a price that was so heavy that you may do that. I walked through the church this morning, and I got to looking around, and, and I get to look out. I get to see a different view. I get to see all your guys' lovely faces on it. I get to see faces that are happy. I get to say something. I see faces that go, ooh, I don't know if I agree with him. I get to see those too. I get to see the whole thing. But I also look around this room, and I see some empty seats. Those are opportunities. We have, a, we have several opportunities in this church to reach people with the gospel, the good news. Right around the corner is Halloween. And I was talking to one of the brothers before church, and I said, you know, as a Christian, we've messed up Halloween. We, we say, don't do this, don't do that, and we don't do all these things. You tell me one other holiday that comes that the world knocks on your door as a Christian. Those are all opportunities to tell someone about Jesus Christ, to share the gospel with them. You guys have a trunk or treat coming up. You're going to have kids from this neighborhood coming in. What an opportunity to show the love of, of FPC Crothersville, to show the love and say, listen, Man, not only am I giving you a piece of candy, but let me give you a little bit of Jesus. Because that's what our life should be about. Well, Jeff, if you talk about Jesus, they might not come. They'll come for the candy. Hopefully they'll stay for the gospel. Right? We have to change our minds, church. We have to change our hearts. We've got to set aside, as a collective church, as a collective body, we have to step outside of ourselves, and we've got to start looking and saying, does this honor God? Am I truly loving God with all my heart, with all my soul, and all of our mind? That's what we have to look at. We have an altar up front. People don't want to come to the altar anymore, and the reason why they don't want to come to the altar more, anymore is because they say that, listen... If Brother Jeff would have preached about this and I come over there, they're thinking that maybe I don't love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. I don't believe that. When you come to the altar, you come to do business with God, not with me. Do you understand that? When you come to the altar, you come to do business with God. It could have nothing to do with what was preached or what was said. Maybe you're coming over to repent of not being faithful. Whatever it is. I heard pastors say in the past that I don't lay a lot of faith in people that don't frequent the altar. And I know their thoughts behind it. And I'm not saying you have to come forward. You know what? Your altar might be right where you're sitting right now, and that's fine. But when we have a moment of imitation here in a minute, 
This is your opportunity to reevaluate what we were just talking about, about loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. Because I'm going to let you in on a secret. You know what next week's been about? Your neighbor. About love on him and who our neighbors are. We're dealing with the greatest commandments. What I want to do, what my goal is here coming up, is to put what our purpose of the church is. Because it's not just about sitting in a pew or sitting in a chair in this case. It's about being about my father's business is what it's about. I want to love on you. That's what my desire is. My desire is to love on you as a church body, as an individual and love on you. That's where my heart is. That's where my family's heart is, is to love on you. And the best way I know to love on you is to first have you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. I love you, brothers and sisters. God loves you. Turn towards him. Brother? I'm going to be up front with my wife. If anybody would like to come and talk to us or whatever. Maybe there's some people here that, that maybe have been coming and they're not a member of First Baptist Church and they would like to say, listen, this is a place where we'd like to call home. This is time to come. Amen.